call the meeting to order. I'm going to call the meeting to order. This is the February 8th meeting of the West County Board of Zoning Adjustments. Uh, we are still in a Zoom mode. So if you want to attend, you'll have to sign into Zoom or you can do so by your phone. Uh, roll call. Chair Clark is excused. Vice Chair Lewis. Here. Member Spalding. Here. Member Siebert. Here. Member Vovis. Here. Okay, uh, next we'll have the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. Uh, there are no announcements by the chair. Uh, under the consent calendar, we have the uh, uh, item that we need to adopt to continue with uh, remote meetings for under Zoom for another 30 days. This is something we do every 30 days. So do I have any uh, motion for that? I'll make a motion to adopt the recommendation. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay, motion by member Spalding, second by member Volvis. And can we have uh, staff take the vote? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Volvis? Aye. Motion passes, four in favor, one excused. Okay, all right. Uh, we don't have any tobacco retailer, uh, no neighborhood preservation zoning, and I believe just the alcohol. Is that correct, Christine? Correct. Yeah, okay. So let me read alcohol beverage sales and regulations uh, administrative hearings. Uh, we will now hold the administrative hearings for the enforcement of the alcohol beverage sale regulations pursuant to Alameda County Code Chapter 6.104. As the hearing body, the West County Board of Zoning Adjustments will hear and consider all relevant evidence, objections, or protests and shall receive testimony under oath related to the alleged violations concerning an establishment that sells alcohol within unincorporated Alameda County. The chair hereby instructs county staff to administer the oath to any person testifying at today's hearing. This board will determine whether the establishment conforms to the performance standards set forth in section 6.104.060 of the alcoholic beverage sales regulations and to any and and to any legal represent requirements incorporated therein. The board may find that the establishment is the establishment in compliance or may require changes to impose reasonable conditions of approval to ensure conformity to such requirements. Any new conditions of approval will be made a part of the board's decision and the owner operator of the establishment will be required to comply with those conditions. 
In the alternative, if supported by evidence, the board may determine the civil penalty should be imposed and or the activities occurred at the licensed establishment constitute a public nuisance and may order the owner operator to cease all commercial activities related to alcohol beverage sales. The board may impose civil penalties if determining the penalty. If determining the penalty, the board may consider aggravating and mitigating factors. The board must make its findings and decisions based on information, testimony, and other evidence submitted to it, and a written order based on the findings will be issued. The board's orders will be referenced to reference your right to appeal our decision. The owner and or operator will have 10 days from the date of service of the order to appeal the Alameda County Board of Supervisors. A copy of the order will be served to all parties in the same manner that notice was given of this hearing. Public, we will now hear, well, actually we're gonna have uh, staff uh, present the first one and then we'll have public hearing afterwards. <clears throat> okay. Who's gonna present that, Christine? I don't know. I haven't been informed. I'm assuming oh. the sheriff office, but. Oh yeah, where's the sheriff? I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. Go ahead, Sergeant Cox, with the first one. Okay, yeah, so the first one uh, regarding uh, owner operator 711, um, and that's 1711 159th Avenue in San Leandro. Oh, can, can, can I? That's not in order. Okay, that's, I, I might have a different order than what you have. What, what do you have first? I have the one on Center Street, 22141, uh, Leong Benefit Petroleum. Perfect, okay, we'll start with that one. Okay. I have, a, I have a question just really quickly before we start this. Okay. Um, since Sergeant Cox, is he there as a participant? I mean, so as a panelist, so we can see him? Or is he, or is he intentionally turned off? <laughs> Uh, I can. I, I just got to connect the camera, but I just jumped on real quick, so I. Can oh, move. okay. All right. I didn't know if you were how you were connected there. No, I just right. I would just need to connect it. It's behind my uh, desk. Okay, thank you. So, do you want me to do that? Um, whatever you are comfortable with. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, um, well, I'll just I'll start. I'll just get going, so I don't hold. Yeah, anything. sure. Okay. Um, okay. So the owner operator. Uh, Leong Benefit uh, Petroleum, and that's at 22141 Center Street in Castro Valley. Uh, violations, section 6.104.060.B4, that it does not result in violations of this chapter, Title 12, or any other applicable provisions of any other county, state, or federal regulation, ordinance, or statute. Okay, for the pertinent facts, on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, at approximately 5 p.m., a clerk identified in report number 22-016715 sold an alcoholic beverage to a minor decoy in violation of California Business and Professional Code 25658A. Staff recommendation. Declare Leon Benefit Petroleum U.S. Corporation, owner of ARCO, 
in violation of general code section 1.4, I'm sorry, 6.104.060.B.4. Also, order Leon Benefit Petroleum, U.S. Corpor uh, Corporation, owner of ARCO, to pay a civil penalty of $750 within 30 days for the first ordinance violation within three years. And lastly, order the clerk identified in report number 22016715, who sold the alcoholic beverage to our minor decoy to attend licensee education <laughs> on alcohol and drug lead, which is our lead program. Uh, training within 60 days if still employed. Okay, thank you. Uh, do we have any questions uh, from the board for Sergeant Cox? Not at this time. Okay, all right. So at this time, I will open public hearing. Anyone wants to speak on this item? They may do so. Yeah. Christine, do we have anybody? If somebody would like to speak on this matter, please raise your electronic hand and or hit star nine if you're on the telephone. This matter is 22141 Center Street regarding violation of the alcohol beverage sales regulation. If anybody would like to speak, the applicant and or owner, um, you may want to raise your hand and speak on this matter. I have one hand raised. I will allow you to speak. CBPC number 10. Uh, CBPC number 10, if you want to unmute yourself. Hello. Okay, uh, Christine, I think we have to do the uh, oath uh, for this uh, person speaking, do we not? I don't know. I thought, do I need to confirm that it's either the owner or operator or does everybody have to state the I think, oath? I think anybody speaking uh, okay. on the alcohol has to take the oath. Okay, CBPC10, can you please state your name? Uh, my name is... Edwin Yim. Edwin, I need to read you a statement um, um, that, that you will either need to agree or disagree. Okay. Okay. So do you solemnly state under penalty of perjury that the evidence that you shall give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Okay, good. All right. Edwin, go ahead and speak. Okay, um, I'm the manager um, for the store located at 22141 Center Street in Castro Valley. Um, since the accident, uh, incident happened, I watched the video and I see the decoy team um, came into the store, purchased the alcohol. And when the person uh, approached the register, my clerk, did ask them to show the IDs. Now, um, granted, the clerk behind the register, it's not 
proficient in English. So as a result, I think that's a, a miscommunication between showing the ID and check the ID. And according to Clark telling me that the ID card was showed by the decoy team because of the nature of um, different culture, um, he is kind of messed up between the month. Uh, normally we do month and date and years versus most other countries, they get used to, to read as a date, month and the years. Now, um, I'm not trying to find an excuse. I will accept the penalty as the sheriff suggested, but just for our own knowledge and better education in the future, I think the decoy team should be more prepared because um, I just felt like sometimes those clerks is quite innocent. Even though internally we've been trained them very well about don't sell the tobacco and alcohol to the miners. Uh, that's my comment. Okay. Any questions uh, for Mr. Yen of the board? Um, Jewel? So uh, all your employees are getting training, aren't they? Yes. And the, and the ID, are you saying the ID was, I mean, what are you saying about the ID? That whether or not, well, did it show a date that the first, that the buyer, I mean, are you suggesting it was a false ID or something, or is it an ID, a correct ID that showed that the person was underage? Uh, based on the clerk explained to me that when he looked at it, he thought based on his interpretation using the, uh, the date and month and the year format, he thinks the person doing the purchase is qualified to purchase the alcohol. I don't know if this is the, because based on my video, I cannot see that clear about how it was showed on the ID. Um, from well, the did, he give, did he give you a date? Did he say this is the date that was on the ID? Um, no, I didn't ask that specific question. Okay, thank you. But that's one of the fee feedback I got from the- But all, I guess. all your employees go through uh, the training because the county does offer training. Correct. So they all go through training. Yes. Including, by, this, and this employee had also gone through training? We have to, by the operation uh, menu from AMPM, uh, we have to through put through everybody through a training. Right, but I'm talking about the county training. Uh, the county training, no. Okay, so this new, this employee had not gone through the county training. Okay, all right, thank no. you. Thank you. Any other questions? Any other uh, folks wanting to speak on this item? Uh, one more quick question. Uh, I, I think that the sheriff uh, department suggests that the person, the clerk will have to go through the lead program training. Um, uh, those program has a Spanish speaking um, instructions or it's purely English? 
I I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, if it's in Spanish also. Christine, do you? I do not. So I do. Um, they do not. It's uh, English only. Okay. And if you'd like, I can comment to some of his uh, concerns if needed. Absolutely, uh, Sergeant Cox, if you'd like to go ahead. Yeah, so uh, it's a couple issues. Um, the decoy team being, I know that he had a concern with them being like, you know, more compassionate or more in tune with uh, non-English speaking individuals, uh, which we are. But at the end of the day, when our decoy is asked to show an ID, they present that ID, it's the clerk's responsibility to accurately read that ID. If they're gonna operate um, in any capacity as a clerk in the state of California, especially within Alameda County, they need to know that prior to standing there um, and taking money for goods, right? Um, I understand that maybe in some cultures, the month and the day are backwards, but here it's the same format every single time. So it's, it's imperative on the clerk to know that and to accurately read that because our decoys are trained to one, furnish the identification when they're asked and two, um, they have to present a valid and an accurate um, ID card. So there is no tricks, no games, the, ID, the uh, decoy can't lie. Um, and they've been vetted through the process. Many of them have done this for, you know, multiple times over, you know, a two, two to three year span. Um, so the process is always the same. The only issue, you know, when there is an issue, it's usually because the clerk uh, fails to either accurately, accurately read the ID or just doesn't ask for ID at all. And in this case, he was given the ID and uh, for whatever reason was unable to interpret it in its proper format. And that's what created this issue. Yeah. Thank you for that, Sergeant. I appreciate that. Uh, is there anyone else wishing to speak on this? If anybody's here to speak on this matter, 22141 Center Street, please raise your hand. Star nine, if you're on the telephone or your electric hand on the bottom of your screen. So the only hand I see up is the uh, person that just spoke. Okay. All right, uh, we'll close the public hearing and at this time I'll entertain a motion or is there any other discussion among the board members? Member Spalding. I'll make a motion to adopt staff's recommendation. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay, motion by member Spalding to adapt, uh, adopt staff recommendations and Seconded by member Vovis and staff. Can we take the uh, roll? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark, excuse. Motion passes. Four in favor, one excuse, none opposed. Okay. All right. Uh, can we have the next one? Uh, at This is Quick Stop Market at 2881 Grove Way. It's right next door. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. Next door to the Arco station. <laughs> yes. Okay. So for uh, this is for in regards to owner operator quick stop markets. 
at uh, Quicksaw Market 84, 2881 Grove Way in Castro Valley. Um, so section 6.104.060.B.4, that it does not result in violations of this chapter, Title 12, or any other applicable provision of any other county, state, or federal regulation, ordinance, or statute. So for the pertinent facts, on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, at approximately 4.20 p.m., a clerk identified in report number 22-016712 sold an alcoholic beverage to a minor decoy in violation of California Business Code and Professions Code 25658A. For our staff recommendation, um, number one, declare Quick Stop Markets here at Quick Stop 84 in violation of General Code Section 6.104.060.B.4. Number two, order Quick Stop Markets, owner Quick Stop 84, to pay a civil penalty of $750 within 30 days for the first ordinance violation within three years. And lastly, order the clerk identified in report 22016712 who sold the alcoholic beverage to our minor decoy to attend licensee education on alcohol and drugs training within 60 days, if still employed. All right, thank you, Sergeant Cox. Is, I'll open the public hearing on this. Is there anyone that needs wants to speak on this issue? I have a hand raid for S. Khan. S. Khan, I'm going to allow you to speak. And uh, you'll have to be administered the oath. Right. We don't want to hear their name first. Yeah. Uh, my name is Sadiq. I'm the district yes. manager at Quick Stop Location. Hi there. Uh, this is Christine with Planning. I need to read you a statement, and you will either need to agree or disagree. Uh, do you solemnly state your penalty of perjury that the evidence that you shall give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I agree. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Khan, you can continue. Uh, yes, uh, uh, I agree with uh, the sergeant uh, what he explained. Uh, uh, this individual, is a, it was a new hire, and uh, he was hired at uh, 9622. That was her hire date. Uh, here's our procedure in the store, what we do. This is, a, by the way, it's a corporate store. It's not a franchisee. Um, we, before we put back in the register, we train, 100% train about alcohol and uh, tobacco, checking IDs and all those things. Uh, but unfortunately, this individual did not follow the rules, even though he she was trained. Um, in result, we are we are taking this kind of case very seriously. And in result, uh, we terminate her within next week of the violation. We don't keep employee who violate the rules after the trained, you know, so he just uh, kind of lazy. That's why she did that. Uh, also, we do have a plan in progress, uh, not progress, we always do that. We send people uh, during their work time throughout the year, every month, to check everybody that they're checking the ID or not. We do have some kind of program also. So we have all kinds of programs, but this individual fails to do it. And I admit what happened, I checked the video and I saw that, you know, she actually 
uh, uh, violate the rules. Uh, so, and result, she's no longer with us, you know. So my request is, this is our first violation. I've been working this company for five years. And within these five years, this is the first violation that we have. And is there any way, you know, uh, you can exclude that violation or the fine that $750, you can remove that, that'd be appreciable. But if not, whatever the consequences is, who's just gonna follow that rules? Okay, thanks, Mr. Khan. Uh, does the, anyone on the board have any questions for Mr. Khan? No questions. Uh, I I don't believe that we are able to uh, reduce well, that, that. That that wasn't. Yeah, I didn't have any questions for Mr. Khan, but that would be my question to County Council: <laughs> Is do we have the authority? I think we went through this exercise to a certain degree at some point on what the scope of our authority is under this uh, ordinance. Under the scope of the ordinance, we just have to enforce what the first violation is, and this is the set out in the ordinance what the uh, the penalty is for a first violation. So, unfortunately, no, there's no there's discretion to say yes, you find a violation, or no, you do not find a violation. But once you find a violation, the penalties are kind of prescribed out in the statute. Okay, there's there's no discretion for adjustments. Okay, all right, thank you. Uh, anyone else um, wanting to speak on this? If not, I'll uh, close the public hearing and uh, I'll entertain a motion. Uh, I'll make a motion to um, follow staff recommendation uh, to declare quick stop markets in violation. Uh, General code section 6.104.060.B4 and uh, to pay the um, civil penalty of $750 within 30 days of, uh, for their first violation. I Second. guess, and ordering the clerk, I guess is already, it would be moot yeah. since she's, right. been, she's been dismissed. That's my uh, motion. Second. Okay, I have a motion from member Vovas and a second by member Spalding. And oh, if, Teddy, Teddy, I think we were tied on our seconds. Oh, oh. No, okay, I'll, I'll give it to, I'm going to give it to Teddy then. <laughs> Teddy, weren't you trying to second or did I miss that? No, actually, no, I did not. Oh, oh okay. Oh. We'll take that back then. Good. We'll leave it then with, with Spalding. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay. Can I have a count, please? Vice Chair Lewis. Aye. Member Spalding. Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark excused. Motion passes. Four in favor, none opposed, one excused. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, the next one is uh, uh, at uh, the address is 21721 Meekland Avenue, Hayward. Sergeant Cox. Okay, yes. Uh, owner operator Moy Gang, Gang. That's uh, regarding Meekland Mini Mart, 21721 Meekland Avenue, Hayward, California. Okay, uh, section 6.104.060.B.4, that it does not result in violations of this chapter, Title 12, or any other applicable provision 
of any other county, state, or federal regulation, ordinance, or statute. So for the pertinent facts, on Tuesday, November 1st, 2022, at approximately uh, 7.06 p.m., a clerk identified and report 22017425, sold an alcoholic beverage to a minor uh, decoy in violation of California Business Professional Code 25658A. Staff recommendations, declare my Guyang, owner of Meekland Mini Mart, in violation of General Code Section 6.104.060.B.4. Number two, order Moy Guyang, owner of Meekland Mini Mart, to pay a civil penalty of $750 within 30 days for a first ordinance violation within three years. And lastly, Order the clerk identified in report number 22017425, who sold the alcoholic beverage to our minor decoy to attend licensee education on alcohol and drugs training within 60 days, if still employed. Thank you, Sergeant Cox. Uh, I'll open the public hearing. Do we have anyone who would like to speak on this matter? If anybody's here to speak on the matter for 21721 Meeklin Avenue, please raise your hand. I encourage the owner or operator to raise her hand and speak. There seems to be a hand kind of flashing on occasion. Yeah. Does it look like the owner? I don't have any idea. You can't tell. DMD raises their hand and then takes it down very quickly. The other one, Al, did so too. Raise your hand by hitting star nine or hitting your electronic hand at the bottom of your screen. There's DMD. DMD did. And then it's gone. Maybe they're not, their hand is not staying up is the problem. Do you need the hand to stay up so you can recognize them? Uh, no. Oh, okay. But uh, do I have permission to do that? Bring somebody that doesn't have their hand raised to speak? Yeah, go, go ahead and just ask if, if they're wanting to speak on this issue or not. Uh, okay. They may not uh, totally understand the hand raised business. Okay. For someone to miss out yeah okay dmd i'm gonna allow you to speak hi dmd this is the if looks like you unmuted if you want to speak please uh state your name otherwise you can say no thanks yes can you hear me yes yeah uh, my name is davis do uh, okay. the owner of michelin minimart davis i need you to um agree or disagree to this oath yes before Make, making a statement under the oath. Uh, do you solemnly state under penalty of perjury that the evidence that you shall give in this matter be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes. Thank you. All right, go ahead. Okay, hello. Uh, first thing is first, I have no idea who this Mui Gang is, the person. 
on the paper. Wow. Um, second thing is the address is not the correct address of the store. Because the store address is 21726 Micklin Avenue. And yeah, like I said, I'm not sure who is this person, Mui Gang is. But I'm the owner of the store. So, so you're saying you're the owner of the Meekland Mini Mart? Yes, ma'am. And it, what is the address, correct address of the Oakland Mini Mart? Uh, 21726 Mickland Avenue. Wow. So I don't know what's the 21721. Okay. And, and, and um, so are you, when you say you're the owner, are you also the property owner? Um, no, I'm the property manager. So yeah. Okay. Okay, so you're not you're so there's a landlord for this property. Yes, correct. Okay, do you know the name of the landlord? Uh, yes, is J Joy. Okay, all right. Okay, thank you. Oh, Sorry, I, no. <laughs> I just want to make sure correct the issue when I see everything. Okay. So if this was uh, incorrect about who owns it? Uh, are we able to go ahead since we've discovered who owns it now, or should this be uh, reposted? Well, or sent? Well, did the Mr. Um, did you receive a notice? Did did the manager did sir did you receive a notice about this hearing? Is that correct? Where did he go? He, he's there, but I don't know if he took himself off mute. DMD, I need you to unmute yours. Thank you. How'd you get notification of this hearing? Um, I guess they just dropped it off to the clerk, the paper. So that's why I knew about it. That's, a, that's all I got. I guess the sheriff dropped off the paper and put the hearing on the front door and the sign of the store. I wasn't here. Uh, okay. So is Sergeant Cox, maybe Sergeant Cox can help us out. Or county council, either one. I don't want to do something that's not quite correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm reviewing the report right now, and it was at two one seven two six Meekland. So there was a typo in the. Okay. We have two, but it's two six, and that's it is uh, Meekland Mini Mart. But the name, who's Mui Gong? So Mui Gong is who we had on file as the owner. Um, so if that's not correct, and that's been changed then he'll know that before we know that. We dealt with the clerk, so we don't okay. deal with the owner. Yeah, okay. Well, well, did you get this information about who the owner was from the county recorder's office or something? It was either that or um, the clerk. So I'm assuming it was probably the county recorder's office. I have a clerk name if he needs to confirm that, just so he understands that it's his business. If he wants you know, confirmation on that, I can give him the clerk name if that would help him. Well, I think our question is uh, legally, shall we go ahead since it's it's not he's not actually named? I think we need county council to weigh in on this. Well, he received constructive notice and he has appeared. Basically. Okay, and he's aware of the hearing and he is here. Yes, um, Sergeant, can I ask? Is the address on the notice also the two one seven two one? Do you know if you have a copy in front of you? I don't have which. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. We have it in our report. We have a copy. Yeah, it's, it's on the agenda, that one? Yeah. 
Yeah, it should say two one, but it, it, it should it's supposed yeah. to say six, but it says two one. I mean, uh, I I wanted some clarity. Sorry, sir, you spoke earlier as the you're the property manager. Does that involve the the I'm the owner of the store and the property manager of the whole right, property of the Meekland Mini Mart. So you are responsible yes, for operations of the Mini Mart. Correct. Yes. Then yes, we have constructive notice. The party is. Okay. was aware enough of the hearing to appear and hear right. in his official capacity. Yeah. Okay, good, then we'll, then we'll go ahead. Um, okay. The only question though, is the name correct about Mu Gan, who is the owner? No. No? So do we know who the property owner, I mean, is the, when, when under the ordinance and maybe county council can provide the guidance on that. I mean, there's lots of times when you have property owners and then you have the tenants. So when you have the store is the tenant who is noticed. So it's order Mugan owner of mini Mart, not the underlying property, but the store, the operate, the store operator. For this uh, particular type of hearing, the code section requires notice to either the owner and or the operator. So, but what I believe I'm hearing today is we have one and the same, the owner and the operator is here. Well, no, he says he's not the property owner. He's the owner of the store, yes. not the underlying property, which is normally worse. I think the sheriff gets these names. I see, I see. Um, but. Per this code section, our alcoholic beverage license service is to the owner and or operator. Um, so should we should, should we just strike out the name, declare Mugan, so it simply says declare owner of Meeklin Mini Mart? I would agree with that and also to correct the address. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we can go ahead then. Um, any questions of... Uh, the owner, DMD. No. no, I have no other questions. I just wanted to clarify all the information that was printed on the paper. So I do just make sure we're all on the yeah, same page. Yeah. Right. I think we got that clarified okay. by our county council. So <laughs> if there's, I'll close the public hearing if there's no questions uh, of uh, this gentleman. And I will entertain a motion. I'll make a motion. Declare owner of Meekland Mini Mart in violation of general code section 6.104.060.B.4. Order owner of Meekland Mini Mart to pay a civil penalty of $750 within 30 days for a first ordinance violation within three years. Order the clerk identified in report 22-017425 who sold the alcoholic beverage to the minor decoy to attend the licensee education on alcohol and drugs, LED training within 60 days, it's still employed. And I, I'd like to add to that, that the correct address is 21726 Meekland. I'll, 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 sec I'll second that okay. with the request that we also um, modify the, uh, correct the staff report and strike the name of uh, the owner. I have a motion by Member Sieber, seconded by Member Spalding. All right, you want to take the, the vote? Yes. 
Chair or uh, Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark excused. Motion passes. Four in favor. None opposed. One excused. Thank you. All right. Sergeant Cox, the next one, and that's listed as uh, 1711 159th Avenue, San Leandro, 711. Okay, yes. Um, this is regarding um, owner operator 711, and that's 711 141848A, and the address is 1711. 159th Avenue in San Leandro, California. Uh, for the pertinent facts on this, uh, on Tuesday, November 1st, 2022, at approximately 5.40 p.m., a clerk identified in report number 22-017422 sold an alcoholic beverage to a minor decoy in violation of California Business and Professional Code 25658A. For staff recommendation, declare 7-Eleven INC, owner of 7-Eleven 14184A in violation of general code section 6.104.060.B.4. Number two, order 7-Eleven INC, owner of 7-Eleven 14184A to pay a civil penalty of $750 within 30 days for a first ordinance violation within three years. And lastly, order the clerk identified in report 22017422 who sold the alcoholic beverage to our minor decoy to attend licensee education on alcohol and drugs training within 60 days if still employed. Great, thank you, Sergeant Cox. Uh, I'll open the, oh, any questions of Sergeant Cox from the board? Hearing none, I'll go ahead and open the public hearing. If there's anyone that would like to speak on this, uh, please raise their hand on the computer. Please raise your hand if you'd like to speak on 1711 159th Avenue by raising your electronic hand at the bottom of the screen or hitting star nine. The owner or operator of 1711 159th Avenue operating as 7-Eleven. Do you like to raise your hand? I have one hand raised. I am going to allow Ann Kush, first name, sorry if I'm butchering it, to speak. Hi, can you please unmute yourself and state your name? Uh, my name is Ankush, last name Tile. Hi, Ankush. Uh, can you please um, agree or disagree to this oath before your statement? I agree. Okay. Uh, let me read it to you. Do you solemnly state under penalty of perjury that the evidence that you shall give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, agree. Thank you. Go ahead. No, I take the responsibility. I watched the video the following day. Uh, I mean, we provide enough 
training to all the new hires and reminders on regular basis to check the IDs. Somehow that day he was on phone while working on the resistor. He had some family emergency, that's what he's mentioning. So that's why he missed to check the ID. But I do take responsibility, but I have only one question. Like uh, in this previous meeting, uh, we were talking about the county training. What training is that? I mean, we provide the 7-Eleven training to all the employees whenever we hire them. I um, think that- of any county training. I took, I take, uh, yeah, I took the lead training last year. That's is what we're talking about is the lead training. Got it. Okay. So it's the same one, the county training. Yes. Thank you. Anything else, Mr. Tail? That's all. Thank you very much. Anyone on the board have any questions of Mr. Tail? Okay, thank you. Uh, is there anyone else wanting to speak on this issue? Is anybody here to speak on 1711 159th Avenue 7-Eleven store? Please raise your hand. I don't see any other hands up. Okay, fine. We'll close the public hearing portion. Uh, and at this point, I will entertain a motion. I'll, I'll make a motion to adopt staff's recommendation and um, declare the store in violation of section 6.104.060.b4. Okay, I have a, a motion. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay, I have a motion by Member Spalding, a second by Member Wovis. Uh, and do I, uh, can I have the count? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark, excuse, motion passes, four in favor, none against, and one excused. Okay, I think that concludes our alcoholic hearing uh, portion. Next is open forum. Open forum is for anyone to speak on any item not on today's agenda. Do we have anyone who would like to do that? If anybody's here to speak on open forum, please raise your hand, star nine, or your electronic hand at the bottom of your screen. I do not see any hands raised. Okay. We'll go uh, field report. There is none. And we'll go right into the regular calendar. And I think uh, staff member William Chen is going to do that. Uh, number one. Go ahead, uh, William. Good afternoon, board members. Um, can everyone hear me okay? Yes. Thank you. Um, I do have a presentation. Okay, this is a variance application PLA in 2021-00132 um, requesting to allow building site status for a 43580 square foot 
property where a five acre minimum building site is required and a median lot width of 160 exists where 300 is required. The applicant and property owner is Lin Lee. The location is on Arbutus Court. It does not have an address because it is currently vacant. Um, west of Quercus Court in Fairview area of unincorporated Alameda County. Um, the APN is 420-0500-023-00. The zoning is single family residential, five acre minimum building site area, 300 feet median lot width, 30 feet front yard setback and 20 feet side yard setback. Um, it is under the Eden Area General Plan and also the Fairview area um, specific plan adopted June 3rd, 2021. It is quite exempt from the requirements of the California Environmental Quality Act, Article 19, fifth, Section 15303, Class 1, New Construction or Conversion of Small Structures. Um, this is the location of the vacant lots requesting the variance to be a building site um, next to uh, developed lots on both the east and west side of the property. Um, currently, no development is proposed at this time. The owner expressed that um, they want to establish building sites uh, for any future property owners to develop in the future. Um, the the application was heard by the Fairview Area um, Municipal Advisory Council on January 3rd, 2023. And there was a motion to support staff's recommendation of approving the variance, but did not receive enough votes to uh, past the following topics were discussed by the council members and also the public. The previous variance V7087 also included in the um, hearing packet approved the division of a parcel says to approve as a building site, a lot reduced in area from the required five acres to one acre and a median lot width reduced from the required 300 to 100 feet. The remnant parcels from the subdivision variance um, was not approved as a legal building site. So the subject parcel was a remnant parcel that was um, identified as not a buildable site um, as stated in the resolution and that the subject site may not be improved with a single family residence or any other use requiring the provision of a private sewage disposal facility. The current property owner did receive a will serve letter from the city of Hayward for providing future services if the lot is developed. Um, the lot can be potentially subdivided through uh, SB9 if the variance is approved. A MEC member and neighbor discussed the prescriptive easement that may have that may run through the entirety of the property. The prescriptive easements are not typically recorded unless there is court action. Therefore, staff was not able to identify any available easements um, and none was presented to staff as well. A MEC member supported the variance in that any future development of the lot would require a site development review in which the development standards would need to be met and public hearing will also be held for that application as well. In addition, the frontage of the property is larger than, than the adjacent properties with the same lot size. Um, there was a discussion regarding HOA easements and development standards. There is an HOA uh, front yard setback of 35 feet. So any development um, in the future would need to meet that 35 feet front yard setback. Um, the county would look for that and um, the county standards for the front yard setback is 30 feet. Um, a neighbor of the subject lot also noted that the property owners were aware that the, when they first purchased the property, the lot is not buildable under the previous variance 
and we're notified that there is a prescriptive easement for affected over 60 years as noted by the name, neighbor and a member of the public and a MAC member also noted that the house and driveway east of the subject lot is encroaching onto the subject property. If the variance is approved, development of the lot is, is subject to site development review as um, noted before, and they have to meet the Fairview Area Specific Plan and also the Residential Design Guide lines and standards. Staff was unable to locate any recorded easements of the property. And as stated before, it can be subdivided via SB9 ministerially if the variance is approved. Um, City of Hayward uh, Department of Public Works and Utilities provided a real serve letter stating the property has access to and has the ability to, to connect to the City of Hayward water system. In terms of sewer services, the sewer main accessible to this parcel is owned and maintained by the Arbutus Court Sanitary Benefit District which discharges into the city of Hayward sewer system. In order to connect to the sewer, the city sewer system, the property owner is required to obtain agreement with and pay necessary fees to the Arbutus Court Sanitary Sewer Benefit District to permit connection to the sewer system. Um, the Arbutus Court Sanitary Benefit District dissolved in 2010, so it's not existing anymore. And any discharge of sewage would then be through the city of Hayward sewer main, um, a public sewer system. And in March of 2021, um, the Ferry Municipal Advisory Council recommended approval, subsequently approved by the planning director for the development of a 3,640 square foot single family dwelling with an attached 500 square foot JADU on a lot that does not meet the five acre minimum lot size. The lot is located three properties over to the east and is, a, and is considered a legal lot and can be developed because it was a legal lot and it was a legal lot and recorded prior to the implementation of the five acre minimum lot size and 300 foot medium lot size standard. Um, additional analysis, it is within the Eden Area General Plan and Fairview Area Specific Plan. The Eden Area explicitly defer to the Fairview Specific Plan as a source of goals, policies, and zoning regulations that apply to this area. The intent of the Fairview Area Specific Plan is to guide growth and development in the unincorporated community of Fairview, um, Alameda County. And with that, the development standard requires that the five acre minimum building site area is required and a 300 feet median lot width. The variance is to request um, a building site for this lot as it is substandard in both lot size and median lot width. Um, there were, as mentioned before, the variance 7087 prohibited the development. Um, if there are any proposals on a private sewage facility, um, as said before, there is a will serve letter from the city of Hayward Utilities and Water District. Many parcels within the vicinity of the subject site have a substandard lot size with a single family dwelling built after the five acre minimum building site area. Um, 300 feet median lot width requirement in 1975. So that was when the five acre minimum lot size and 300 feet median lot width was implemented in 1975. Um, the development of a single family home is feasible on lots that are less than five acres and have um, less than 300 foot median lot width. Um, when connected to public services such as water and sewer are available. Um, this is a vicinity map um, that was generated 
The one in a light blue color is a subject parcel and the adjacent properties have a similar lot size and also a median lot width. Um, both um, the east and west properties are developed with a single family home and also across the street on Arbutus Court are also developed with a single family home as well. The average of the 61 parcels shown in the vicinity map um, the lot size is 72,592, so just under um, two acres. And the average median lot width of the same parcels is 205 feet. Um, there are only a few parcels that meet the 300 feet median lot width requirement. Um, as indicated here, this larger lot to the left and a few more towards the west side of the property. And these are the tentative findings, um, the variance, um, the variance VE7087 prohibited the subject site to be improved with a single family dwelling or any other use requiring the provision of a private sewage um, disposal facility. And now they obtained a will serve letter from the city of Hayward, a public system for both sewer and water. The granting of this application will not constitute a grant of special privileges and is consistent with the limitations upon other properties in the vicinity. Properties within the facility have variances that granted the development on a parcel that is less than five acres and less than 300 feet median law width. Um, the granting of the application will not be detrimental to persons or pro property in the neighborhood or public welfare as the development of the lot will need to meet all planning development codes, fire codes, and building codes. Um, again, this currently does not propose any development on the lot. Um, the staff did receive public comments. Um, Opposing the uh, approval of the variance, staff was not able to identify an easement that exists on the property. Um, a member of the public also provided voicemail um, comments that do not that do not support the variance, noting that the lot as it is does not meet the five acre minimum lot size as required for the Dunnings district. As discussed in the staff report, the average lot size of the 61 parcels identified in the vicinity map is less than two acres and have a le less than 300 feet uh, median lot width. Um, staff recommends the approval of the variance PLN 2021-00132 to allow building site status for the um, 43,580 square foot, foot parcel where a five acre minimum building site is required and median lot width of 160 exists where 300 feet is required. Um, staff also did receive a comment email as well, which I will um, read into record for the members to see. So these, this comment was sent via email. Um, I believe it was received by staff yesterday. You, wasn't that email forwarded? Yes, it was. Right. Okay. But that was a terribly long email. How long? Um, I'll, I'll briefly go over it. Um, I'll just also present it on the screen as well, just so members. Yeah, that might be can, the best yeah. just to present it on the screen. Quickest, quicker. Uh, so these are the comments. There are a total of 10 comments. Um, I did summarize um, a few topics that were discussed um, in this email regarding prescriptive easements, um, the owners of the current property knowing that um, it is not a buildable light, lot size because of the previous variance. Um, what was not mentioned was a number one, which mentions uh, the subject property being designated as open space only. Um, and more information about the prescriptive easements, et cetera. 
Uh, please let me know if you want me to go back to any other slides in um, the PowerPoint. The draft conditions of approval in the meeting packet includes the findings, uh, approval description, and conditions for the board to review and discuss in making your decisions. And staff is available for any questions. Any questions um, for staff on this? Uh, I have Member Spalding's hand up. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you, you? I'm not sure if you're aware, William, but this has been a long time issue that the Fairview specific plan really needs to be attached to the Castro Valley general plan, not the um, Eden area plan, because it just creates an island. And uh, this has been a long time issue. And I would hope that I would suspect Rodrigo is aware of this. And um, I know Albert Lopez should definitely be aware of this as to checking also as to the consistency to the Fairview plan. And I mean, to the consistency to the Castro Valley general plan. This is Rodrigo from Playing. Yes, we are aware, and we're and we're looking to update that information and and uh, attach it there to to the Castro Valley plan. Uh, I excuse me. I see that uh, member Spalding dropped off. I don't know what uh -huh. policy is to do when that type of matter happens. <laughs> well, she was having computer issues prior. Can, um, it's kind of to the chair's discretion, but we could take a little, uh, maybe like a pause, a little brief recess for like three, four minutes, give her some time to come back. We, we could also continue. You do still have quorum, um, but it's to the chair's discretion. We could maybe entertain some other questions and then she could come back to hers perhaps uh, to for better use of our time. Uh, any other questions of staff on this issue? Uh, I had a, a, just a couple uh, for now. Um, in reading um, James Jardine's challenge letter, that, that uh, number one uh, item on open space, um, can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, this comment about it intended to be open space? Um, I'm not aware that it was intended to be open space, um, aside from the fact that it was just designated not as a buildable lot. Um, the zoning for it is not an open space designation, it's okay. a residential designation. So it was never designated or documented in any way um, as intention for open space? Not, not in the You're zoning. aware of? Correct. Okay. Uh, the other question I had was on prescriptive um, easements is... Uh, uh, the county's view that it that, that means that something's been used for a, a number of years or continuous use of some sort, even though it's not a recorded easement. Correct. And uh, what is that? Is there a, a, a something that says it's a prescriptive easement if it's been used for X number of years or something or? Um, so the, the neighbor did pro provide uh, pictures that it was used. Um, I, the uh, neighbor did note that and send in um, comments and also pictures that uh, there may be prescriptive or he established the prescriptive easements, but I've 
personally never de um, dealt with prescriptive easements as typically we deal with uh, recorded easements. Right, right. That's why it's uh, just kind of an interesting question. I, I, I myself don't know much about what other than something being used that's already there oh. and it's oh, uh, been over a number of years or something. Th this is Jewel. I'm back and <laughs> without, okay. without a video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, I, I just asked um, William uh, about um, uh, the challenge letter uh, number one on the item uh, on his list was about open space. And I asked if it was what we what we knew about that was it ever designated or documented as such? He says no. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, this is my neighborhood. I live very oh. nearby. I'm yeah. Very then familiar. I I just asked about what yeah. uh, prescriptive easement really meant. What does that mean? Right. Um, uh, but that's that's as far as I got. So that's that's all I have right now. Uh, I I lost my connection um, when I. Right was asking about the Castro Valley general plan. I think Rodrigo weighed in on that. Did you miss that portion? Yeah, that's what I missed. Okay, maybe Rodrigo can do that again. Sorry about that. Yeah, hi, this is Rodrigo Ordina from Kenny Plain. Yeah, we're, we're working on on adding it to the Castro Valley plan. It's not there yet at this Good, point. I'm very glad to hear that. So does that mean that there was some kind of analysis with the Castro Valley general plan too? Well, we'd we'd have to include that analysis. We'd have to add that analysis because it was it was uh, not considered a part of that uh, to begin with, and it was added to the Eden. Uh, well, we that that's got a long. That's another issue right. in long so, history, I think, as you're aware. Right. So so, but yes. Yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, we're looking we're looking into that um, addition to the Castro Valley General Plan. Okay, uh, that's good. To answer the other question about the. Prescriptive easements, the county, without evidence that there is an easement, we would work with the recorded documentation that we have about who has access to what and who has rights to what. If anybody's claiming any prescriptive easement, meaning that they claim that they've been using property without being contested over a certain number of years, then they would, in essence, have to sue the uh, the, the property owner that, they're, that they have the easement over in order to establish a record and get it recorded of that easement so that it would then be recognized by other entities such as the county planning department right now we don't have uh, any such record and so we are proceeding under the uh, documentation that we have right now which is a, a, a vacant parcel with no recorded easements okay, great thanks rodrigo okay so as it, as it stands now there is no prescriptive easement recorded on this property correct uh, any other questions of staff before I open it up to the public? I have a question. Sure. For William. William, I know that um, you stated that the the average parcel size is a little over, it's about 1.66 acres, and then this parcel is a little over one acre. Um, I'm curious, the five acre minimum was implemented implemented in 1975 is the way I understand it, correct? Yes. So with the at the 61 parcels that are all at an average of under, you know, one under five acres, do they all have variances, approved variances, or were they built before 1975? I I would like to kind of know 
how many of these parcels have variances and how many of them were built before 1975? Um, it could be that they were legal lots um, that were recorded prior to 1975 and were also built prior to that the zoning um, implementation of the five acre and 300 feet median lot width. Um, for now, I do know that they, there is at least two within those 61 parcels that did receive um, a variance and um, the rest may have been developed prior to that uh, zoning designation oh. and reported. And, and prior to the five acre going in effect in 1975, it was only a 20,000 square foot minimum lot size. Well, I understand actually it was one acre. It was a minimum one acre. And that's hmm. based on the, um, the subdivision plan. It was, everything was supposed to be a minimum of one acre based on the subdivision plan and then the septic systems, but they were all on septic and that was the problem because there's no sewer. And so um, the septics were failing and that's why the five acres was imposed because of the septic systems. Then with the prominence subdivision going in by the city of Hayward, they ran a sewer line down part of Fairview and they crossed over some of these properties. And that is how, and which I am now connected to, which I wasn't before when I purchased the property, not till afterwards. And so now there's been this connection along Arbutus, which is where that sewer line runs. And that's why these additional properties along Arbutus now have septic, I'm not septic, sewer. sewer. Um, but I also have a question about SB9, if I could, when possible. I think, go ahead, uh, Member Spalding, ask it. Maybe Rodrigo can answer the question. Yeah. yeah, okay. Is it correct that any property, any legal lot can now be ministerially split? Is that what? county the county is saying under sb9 any lot that qualifies for sb9 okay so because i think that's a big issue as to what qualifies for sb9 <laughs> that's going to be the hot topic here um so that's my question is what is what is the county presently defining as qualifying for S, uh, sb9 so there's a whole series of uh, qualifications and right now we you know right now we're looking at a variance without consideration if SB9 would apply later that would not be part of this variance consideration it's it's on its merits here um, whether or not this is a building site for for one parcel but for SB9 consideration that may or may not happen here um, is if there are if it's in an R1 zone if it's um, in districts that even if there are certain potential hazards such as fire, hazards can be mitigated with development types. Um, if there are, if it's in a uh, farmland um, that's, I think, class one farmland or class A, whatever, whatever the, the high intensity farmland uh, potential, then it cannot be an SB9. Pro, uh, okay, because farm. this is also zoned for limited agriculture. Right, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean 
Well, I know, but I would appreciate it. You know, I, you guys don't seem to appreciate you. You allow for limited agriculture, but you're not seeming to take in, to that into consideration. But anyway, that's another issue. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. But just so, yeah, that you are aware, this is also a zone for limited agriculture. Yes, we know that. Thanks. Okay. Any other questions of staff before I open it up? To, uh, to the owner. Looks like not. So uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Christine, is there anyone uh, wanting to speak on this item? Hi, if anybody's here to speak on the first item on the regular calendar, please raise your hand. I see Jim underscore number two with their hand raised. I'm going to allow you to speak. Hi, Jim underscore, you need to unmute yourself, please. Thank you. Um, have a question uh, first off about the sewer lines. I've asked this. I did get some answers from City Council of Hayward uh, some years back. Uh, it appears that uh, a development up Fairview Avenue put in a sewer line that was going to go down Fairview Avenue, and they decided to make a left-hand turn onto a private road known as Arbutus. That's part of the HOA common area roads of Arbutus, Quercus, Sorbus, and Picea. A lot of you may not know what Sorbus is. Jewel made, but there's a road called Sorbus that somehow got renamed a portion of it to Oaks Drive. But there, I, I researched it with the city and, and with Miley's office to see if there was an easement by the developer, Prominence Homes, to go on to private county roads, and these roads are in the county, but they're private roads. Uh, they first represented that the developer had recorded easements on the roads for the sewer line that they had put on the roads. Now, we cannot stop individual property owners if they want to put a sewer across their property, but the HOA has a right to preserve their roads, their private roads, and Arbutus and the membership of the HOA never voted for or approved any public sewer line specifically servicing prominent homes, which is in a city, uh, to put that sewer line on the HOA private roads. And there is no easement that is recorded against each owner's property as a easement to all member parcels in the HOA but the city of Hayward did mention they had that. Their attorney stood up at a city meeting and said, yeah, we have it right here. Well, the easement they had was for uh, East Avenue, Upper East Avenue, which is now Star Ridge, for a water tank on another homeowners association, not ours. That was a completely different homeowners association. Joe DeVries and me and Nate Miley researched this. Finally, the city of Hayward's attorney uh, realized that they had never gotten any easements to go on private roads owned by an HOA and that they would have to record an easement on every member of the HOA's deed because we all own undividedly these private roads. So that's that's was settled, but uh, they never would answer the question, why are you putting these sewer lines on our private roads. And my argument to city council and to city attorney was that you, you put an improvement on our property, we'll take it, 
we own it, not you. You don't have any ownership rights to it. These are our sewer lines if you're going to treat them that way, but you don't have an easement to come on our property and you have them recorded one. So it's a sticky wicket. And then for Sorbus Ab Avenue, which actually is what is known as Oaks Drive, Oaks Drive that comes out, out on Fairview, that is not Oaks Drive. That is Sorbus Avenue. It goes all the way down to Woodland Knolls uh, intersection there. And that's where it, where it terminates. And that is a Castle Homes to HOA road. And it's deeded in our deeds. It's identified. All four roads are identified in our deeds. deeds and they're identified as parcel two in our deeds. This has never been resolved, and I've brought it up several times, and it seems to be swept under the carpet. Um, I went into a, a negotiation with Bob Bauer when we on Picea Court put in a sewer line. We put a pressure sewer line, SDR-17 polyethylene pipe, uh, from the manhole cover in the street of Picea, and went down and it services about four or five parcels on Picea. Neighbor got upset and we went back and forth and Bob Bauman finally said, yeah, you can hook into it. Uh, just make sure when you do, you let the city know so we can charge for sewer treatment of the sewage that goes into that sewer line. But uh, he, he understood that they didn't own that sewer line that was on our private roads. Now that's, that's a subject kind of dovetails into this, I, I would disagree. <laughs> okay, you, you do that, but let me finish, Jules. I, I, the time is actually up. Oh. Yeah. Do you do you have another? Uh, do you have another uh, specific point you want to make, Jim? Before yeah, your yes, time is up. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Sorry. Um, prescriptive easements in California, you have to as as to affect them and perfect them. Five years of continuous use over a period of five years without the property owner kicking you off the property or taking you to court to get you off the property. Well, this is decades of use for me and a neighbor and, and other people. Uh, Danny Rand, I could go into other people that have used this over the years. I've used it continuously. And so so have some other neighbors. The, the prescriptive easement doesn't have to be recorded to own it, to have a prescriptive easement. Only when you find out that the prescriptive easement is an issue when the other party says, hey, uh, you don't have a prescriptive easement, or I'm going to block you from using your prescriptive easement. You have it automatically. If there isn't a requirement to record it. You can establish a prescriptive easement and keep using it endlessly until there is some challenges. Now, I asked for some kind of de development plan or where, if there's going to be a house on this, where is it going to be located so I know if it's going to hinder the prescriptive easement. And then that will let me know and, and others know whether they have to now go to court with the potential of hindering the prescriptive easement. But you do not have to record a prescriptive easement to have a prescriptive easement. Okay, I'm going to uh, cut you right there, Jim, because you are over on, uh, on your time. Uh, okay. We'll have, if the board wants to ask you any questions, uh, I'm going to open that up now for the board to ask any questions of the speaker. Um, do I have, have any questions? Yeah, I have no questions. I just note that I do not agree with the summary of the history provided uh, by Jim Jardine. That that's not really correct. But that's another issue. I'm not going to go into it. 
the summary of the sewer line? Yeah, exactly. There's okay. a, a lot of different things. I mean, I am actually one of those original people okay. with, with that. So I'm intimately familiar with this history. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other questions uh, for Jim on this right now? Okay, uh, hearing none, uh, we'll see if there's any other uh, speaker. Hi, if you're here to speak on the first item on the regular calendar, building site status on Quercus Court, please raise your hand. By doing so, star nine or your little electronic hand. I have a hand up with, oh, I have a hand up with a caller with Al, I will allow you to speak. Hi, Al, you can speak if you're able to unmute yourself. Hi, um, I'm Abby Lee. I'm the daughter of Lindy, who's applying for the variance on this lot. The first, um, the one that we just discussed. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, so um, my dad bought this lot uh, back in 1989. And I look through the contract, there's no um, any uh, mention of the prescriptive easement that uh, Mr. Jardines has talked about in this meeting. And he said that he has been using the law. This is not to my mom's awareness of that. So it's not like she allowed him to use the law. And from what she heard from neighbors is that she he has been writing this AT be and um, just, you know, walking up the lot at his own, you know, recreation, just for his, his personal enjoyment. So I don't know why he need to do that. It's not like he's taking care of the lot. Um, so yeah, we don't visit the lot that often over the years because we don't live there. But every year she does hire um, people to do the weed abatements so that there's no fire hazards to the, to, in the area. And we do take care of the law, but we just didn't know that he was using the law. So his claim that he had a script easement, that is something that we don't know of. And, and I don't know for what reason he has to use the law and it's not a designated open space. So why does he have business to uh, trespassing private property without the owner's permission over, I don't know how many years, if that's what he's claiming. So I just want to put that out, you know, let you know that it's not something we allow him to do. Okay, uh, thank you, Al. Do we have questions of uh, Al from the board? Um, so are you the, um, this is Jewel, should I? I yeah, that's fine, my head. I'm sorry. Um, so you're the present, your mother is the present owner, you're the owner? Yeah, my mom owns the lot. Okay. And um, so what? As a doctor's appointment this afternoon with a cardiologist. She's in her 80s. So uh, the reason she's applying the variance is because she is old. She doesn't want to deal with the lot anymore. And with the status, the lot being not beautiful, it has very little value. And I don't know anybody would want to buy the lot. So this was purchased, you know, more than 30, um, what, 35 years ago, 34. And it hasn't, you know, with if this law cannot be developed, 
there's not really no value and we just keep paying property tax on this law with you know, uh, no use. And all the neighbors have developed, most of the house, uh, lots on that uh, road has already has houses on it. And leaving this lot open, it just you know, lead people to dump their garbage or park their car and just do whatever they want to the lot. Okay, so, so, but you have a buyer, I understand, because uh, there's also the applicant, Lynn Lee. Your mother is Lynn Lee? Yes, that's her name. Okay. Any other questions uh, of Al from the board? Um, I'd just like to ask uh, Mr. Lee if, if uh, all these things have happened on the, on the lot that I know you don't live there. Have you made any attempt to, um, you know, fence it, barricade it in any way um, to avoid the folk, anybody using the property? Well, yeah, recently we have put a fence on the lot um, just to prevent people from just walking over and, you know, cutting through the lot. Uh, still sounds like uh, folks can access the well, property. Well, uh, yeah, it is an open law. So there's, we do have a fence built on the, in the back of the lot. The front is of course still open and the sides uh -huh. have fence because there are two neighbors uh, on each side of the lot. So it's fenced off on three sides of the lot, except for the, for the front street. Okay, all right. I think I have a better understanding how they're gaining access to the it, property. It, it's Mr. Jardine is gaining access from below. Oh, on yes. the bottom. Yeah. Not yeah, he, from the top. Almost two lots uh, adjacent to our lot in the back. Because the yeah. lot slopes down. There's the street and the lot slopes down the hill. That's correct. And, and in fact, there is, I, uh, I think we're, pr it's probably one of the headwaters to one of the creeks too. Oh. So um, that's, that's another issue there. Yeah. But I, you have no, you have no objection to a site development review, I gather, requirement. The Fairview Mac, the one uh, member of the Fairview Mac who voted, who also lives in this neighborhood, <laughs> um, suggested a site development review requirement, which I believe is not presently part of, is that presently part of staff's recommendation to have a staff development review or not? If it's, it's a limited agricultural zoning district, okay. it's required. It's not subject okay. to conditional okay. approval that's required. Okay, good. So it's required because it's limited. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Oh, and Mr. Mr. Lee, have, has there been any attempt to contact your neighbors regarding the uh, the easement? Oh, I'm sorry, what was that again? Has there been any attempt to contact your neighbors regarding a potential easement? Um, no, we have never made contact with him on this easement. Well, him or any of the other neighbors, just to get this ironed out. There's nobody uh, else. He, he, he's the only one that oh, I heard that used this law. I don't okay. know right. any other right. neighbor besides him. Okay. I see. Thank you. Any other questions uh, for Mr. Lee? I have a I have a question. Sure. Um, maybe it's from the other individual regarding what's the purpose of using 
uh, this property for as an easement instead of his own property. And Al, I or Mr. Lee, I I recommend you put up some no posting, no trespassing sign. You can, you can post um, it. Yeah, uh, we have two signs on uh, posted around the property. Okay. Any other questions? Uh, no. Is there anyone else wanting to speak on this item? Uh, the previous speaker, Jim underscore two, uh, has their hand up again. Did you want them to speak no. again? No. Well, I already let him go over his, his time, so yeah. I, I don't think so at this particular point. Um, okay. Is if, there any other hands? If anybody's here to speak on the variance application on Quirkus Court, please raise your hand, star nine, or hit your little electronic hand. So it's the uh, applicant and the previous speaker with their hands up. I see no other hands. Yeah, well, yeah well, that just might still be up. <laughs> yeah, I, they both had their chance to speak. I'm going to close the public hearing right now, and uh, I'm going to entertain discussion uh, with the board as to uh, what what questions we might uh, be thinking about or what we're what which way we're going to go on this. Um, yeah, I'm sort of following that line. Uh, Teddy was asking about the 61. Um, you know, other properties and what the statistics were on the number of variances uh, that were granted. Well, uh, well, let me let me give you the the history. Okay. And the history is is there was there's a larger subdivision called was the in the developed in the 40s or 50s called the Castle Home Track, and it was two parts. And there is one overall. Um, right now, homeowners association called the Hayward Hills Homeowners Property Owners Association, and Mr. Jardine wants to assert that there's two separate subdivisions. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all but all one large subdivision. They all were developed as one-acre parcels. Then you had all the septic failures. And that's when the rezoning took place for the five acres. Mm. Plus there is also the, this falls within the high fire hazardous district because of the location being near the open space and, and along the ridge. Um, so nobody's got any variances. This would actually, I think, I, there might be one other, I think uh, William, you, you said there's two. I think there's one on, um, off of Star Ridge Court, uh, Clover Road, I think has a variance for, also they approved a variance and it was slightly under the one acre parcel. Um, and the count, one acre traditionally is defined as 48,000 square feet. The county's redefined an acre as 44,000 square feet. <laughs> so- An acre is 43, 1,560 square feet. There you go. <laughs> so, so every, the, it, the entire subdivision was laid out to be one acre or so to speak and, um, or generally, <clears throat> and that's where it went. So it, it's not like the lot is inconsistent. Um, 
at all to the rest of the lots okay. in the neighborhood. Well, that makes sense. You yeah. know, that, that, you know, what was it? Why are they all like this? There's yeah. so many of them prior to the five acre rule, but yet there's so many one acre. Exactly. And that's exactly like I have one acre. I bought this. I have one acre, although I'm zoned five acre because of the septic oh. issue. And in fact, my oh. septic system failed. And that's why I ended up getting an easement through another a lateral sub adjacent lateral easement. Bought I bought from my neighbor who's where that sewer line goes through. Oh. Okay. And it's all from the prominent subdivision in the city of Hayward. And that's so that along the Castle Hill track, which goes from, it's basically between the Five Canyons development and the Stonebrae development. <laughs> it's right between those two big developments. And um, so when Prominence, which is next door to Stonebrae went in, that's who ran that sewer line. And that's why Arbutus, you have all the neighbors along Arbutus are now hooked up to the sewer. The sewer. Yeah. Mm. Right. And so that's why this property likewise is entitled to get into the sewer or has now access. Right, right. So you feel that this, this one acre parcel is really not an oddball no okay okay right and my only question is the history is why was it a split parcel or something that's where I was getting kind of it was the history of this where did you see that yeah, yeah it well William maybe you could clarify I thought I heard that so there was a variance um, back in 96 after the five acre um, minimum requirements that split but these two lots were considered one building site oh, but which side the i can show on the screen here yes who split it is my question so there the, this is a subject lot if everyone, everyone can see my mouth right so it was attached to this parcel here as as one building site Okay. When oh, did that occur? Uh, nineteen seventy-six. Oh, here we go. So it was in nineteen seventy-six or nineteen. I th thought you said it was. Yes. It was. It was approved. The variance was approved in nineteen seventy-six. Oh, okay. the lot split. Yeah, September first, nineteen seventy-six. Okay. So this is this is our subject parcel, parcel two, and then the one next door is parcel one. Okay, and that's why, and that probably happened right about the same time we had the five acre changeover. Yes, right, right after. Right. So there you go. And essentially the, the condition in the variance basically states, if you're on private sewer, you can't develop. And now that there is public sewer, they, that condition is more or less negated. Now they can develop with the private with the public right because they have access to the public well when you say private did you is it actually septic. Septic. okay yeah. <laughs> right septic. That, and that's been the problem is the septics their Correct. percolation just doesn't work and that's why they made it five acre 
because there were problems or issues with the septic. Exactly. The septic yeah. was failing, like mine failed. <laughs> yeah, because you need room for the leach field and stuff. Exactly. Right. And the the with one acre, you're close enough whereby somebody starts grading something yeah. and that will fail your septic, your leach field. Yeah. So now all the folks on, on that street are uh, and yourself are all on that's right the 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 south end of this development of the castle home track it's just the south end that has that access which crossed arbutus um and then went over down to oaks and uh that's and picea and that's why they have now sewer well i'm glad you know this history because it's uh oh. Oh, That's it's complicated. <laughs> oh, it's a very tortured yeah. mystery. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know how come I, I had to pay like ten to fifteen thousand dollars. I was one of the first people because yeah. I had a failed septic system and I was red tagged. So I was oh. like, I really had my backup and I had it was involved in litigation too. So that's why I'm oh. intimately familiar with the history of this. Yeah. And I want to know why I didn't get paid back on some of that money <laughs> as people bought in well maybe whoever actually wants to build might have to to pay to hook up to that sewer now they, they well no the issue is is apparently after x number of years then um anybody can um, get out doing the big pay-in okay interesting right because of the timing and because i my timing was very very early yeah um, in the nineties. That's why. That's what happens when you're one of the first ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Well, so. this is, it is very sort of, uh, obviously uh, a lot of history, uh, and sort of somewhat confusing, you know, yeah. Hanks, sewer now five acres now back to one. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and my only concern is on the consistency with the Castro Valley uh, plan. I suspect it should be consistent, but I think it, that is just the only question mark I have, just because um, the Fairview specific plan needs to really needs to be attached to the Castro Valley general plan, not the Eden plan. Yeah, well, so I was led to believe it was, was going to happen at that time when they were doing the EIRs for the general plans. Uh -huh. Well, Rodrigo says they're working on that, so it'll probably go, right. through, go through. Thank heavens. But yeah. this is an example of, of exactly why you need that to be con connected to the proper general plan with the greatest common interest. Yeah. <laughs> Not wow. another plan located across town. <laughs> Well, do we, is there any more discussion? This would go through another filter, though. I mean, you know. It's got um, site development review. Yeah. 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 And actually, I think under AB9, any lot, if it fits the qualification, can be subdivided. So not just this lot, any lot. Uh, right exactly that's what rodrigo was saying any law yeah, can yeah. be any in the state of california now yes. and, and that's why the issue it becomes very um controversial as to what are the qualifications because because yeah. this area is the high fire zone too 
Well, I think uh, health and safety would be an issue for not allowing the AB9, but you'd have to prove that, I believe, yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, but Any, that's, that's yeah. my general thought there. So what's the general feeling? Do I have a, a motion on this? Do we have enough information to go forward? Uh, I don't know if delaying it to get any more information. We got quite a plethora of information from member Spalding. I, well, because she was right. right there. I mean. I am, right, not far. No, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate uh, the input uh, on that. So what I read from the 1975 variance approval that was going on when they were splitting up the properties, um, it was really hinged on that private sewer issue. Yeah. Right. It couldn't be developed because of that. And that was really the only thing that I found that was really keeping it from being a developed. Yeah. Being able to be developed. So Right. I think you're I didn't right see anything else. I yeah, so I, I know. So I think and given I think there's the safeguards are found in the site development review too. Yeah. Um, well, it'll have to go through that. So NSDR. So. Right. So so I guess the the thought pro and also the Fairview Max generalization rationalization from what I understand was for those who voted against approval was, oh, well, they should go rezone it. Mm. And I will just question, you know, that I don't really think that's a relevant issue right now here. No, <laughs> and rezoning, no. as we know, is just a whole nother, yeah. very difficult exercise for everything. Exactly. <laughs> so that's not really realistic. So, um, but that was the basis from what I, understood unless uh -huh. staff has that um if staff has other information yeah well it seems like uh the hindrances from making this a building lot have been taken care of right so i guess i should just i'll go ahead and make a motion then okay we'll see go ahead okay yeah to adopt staff's recommendation and to allow building site status for 43 1,580 square foot property where a five acre site is required and median lot width of 160 feet exists where 300 feet is required. And I only make the one other question is livestock, this is just because we are slightly under that, that is not going to impair this, if they do develop um, the property owner's ability to have livestock because having livestock is an important attribute. Well, in the Fairview area, you're right. Right, and, and so I just want to confirm that I'm not. We're not going to hear later on. Oh, gee, you can't have livestock because you're 500. You're 20 feet short. <laughs> yeah. Of, um, of something. I don't. Can Can we do that, um, Rodrigo? If you just would clarify on that. Yeah. Well, so we would follow the L district regulations on having animals on site. Right, but what's the space? There's no space requirement. It's, I mean, it would still be valid. Well, the well, zoning, is, is it still white uh, agricultural? It's limited agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that would remain. Right, and so as far as um, livestock, being able to have livestock, 
So I will, believe William's pulling up the okay. uh, lot area. Okay, so we don't have, it's not tied to necessarily the site, the total site. It's the 4,000 square foot. 40, it's 40,000 square feet. So the 40, it's a 40,000 square foot minimum. And so this would satisfy it because it's 43,000. Right. right. It would be permitted use. Oh, that's good. All so right. I'll, so that's my I'll motion. So I think we're all right on that. So, so that's my motion. Okay. I have a motion. How about us? Do I have a second? I'll second. Oh. Okay, we have a motion from member Spalding and a second uh, by member Siebert to take staff's recommendation. Can I have the vote? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark, excuse. Motion passes. Four in favor, one excuse, none opposed. And great, thank you. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, uh, Chair, Chair Lewis, I, yes. I'm going to restart my computer again, so maybe I can get my video back. Okay. Just so you know, I'll be back. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Maybe we'll just. Maybe we could take. Uh, yeah. Five. We'll take a, a couple minute recess here. Uh, five minutes. Five minutes will be fine. Yeah, good, good thought, uh, Member Bowles. Take a five minute. Yes. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you. The BZA back in session. Okay, uh, we'll go for the next one. Uh, variants, uh, Eric Cox. Okay. Uh, we have. Yeah, Aubrey uh, Rose. That's correct. Staff planner will be presenting the second item on the regular calendar. Good. Good afternoon, board members, members of the public. I'm Aubrey Rose, Alameda County Planning Department. I'm new here. I started in uh, October. And I believe uh, this is 756 Hampton Road. I believe the um, applicant and uh, Eric and the uh, owner, Ryan, are with us. I've got a presentation. I'm going to share my screen. Yeah. How's that? Good. Okay. Okay. Case number PLN 2022-00199756 Hampton Road. This is a variance. This is a project at a single family home uh, to enlarge uh, a non-conforming front porch during a home renovation in addition. I'm gonna to present to you now. Okay, again, owner is Ryan and applicant is Eric. And this site is east of Camden Avenue in Cherryland, general plan in the Eden area, low and medium density residential designation. Zoning RS, suburban residential with a SU secondary unit combining zone overlay. Projects exempt from CEQA as a class one existing facility. 
result of the um, hearing before the Eden Area Municipal Advisory Council on January 10th uh, was uh, a vote of five to zero to recommend approval to the West County Board of Zoning Adjustments. Uh, here is the site. You can see uh, along uh, Hampton Road, uh, east of Camden and uh, west of Mission Boulevard, uh, zeroing in here. So here's the site with the existing single family home. You can see a, a deep rear yard along this um, um, channelized creek and zoom in just a little more. Uh, so you can see the, the site again with property lines. And here's a street view with uh, the blue line delineating the approximate location of the front lot line. So you can see uh, the that's uh, pushed back um, beyond the back of the sidewalk and there's a very shallow um, front yard setback. Okay. Okay, so project description summary. So this is a home edition uh, featuring a, a conforming two-story rear addition with a replacement garage and a widened and heightened front porch uh, that's going to maintain the existing uh, front yard setback of one foot seven inches. Um, and again, so here's the um, garage that will be uh, remodeled and I've got some plans here. Uh, so the, at the existing home, the, the attached garage that you saw would be demolished. A uh, new uh, rear two-story addition with a new attached garage that'd be set back or recessed and a rear covered porch would be constructed and the front covered porch uh, would be expanded. Additionally, the front uh, yard tree would be preserved and additionally, the existing rear detached ADU or accessory dwelling unit is not part of the project. And so the variance is because since the um, non-conforming front yard uh, setback is less than 50% um, or, or five feet of the required 10 foot standard from the zoning code, that any um, changes to the structure require a variance. Okay, so here's the plans existing on the left and uh, proposed on the right. And you can see in um, this area where the um, of existing front porch that's non-conforming for uh, front yard uh, setback would be uh, widened, but, uh, that, but the setback itself would not be um, decreased. Although the setback, front setback to the uh, uh, revised garage would be increased right here. That's the site plan, moving on to the front elevation. Again, here's the non-conforming um, porch, existing and proposed, be widened and heightened. You can see the, uh, the large uh, uh, rear two-story addition uh, that's proposed here. So here's the existing home, existing garage goes away, becomes part of, uh, of the recessed uh, rear addition. And Here's a side elevation to depict all of this once again. So existing, green, proposed in blue. Okay, so as far as development standards, uh, no changes to um, 
existing setbacks, which are conforming for uh, both sides and um, rear. I'm sorry, not conforming uh, for uh, the rear in addition to the, the front, but no changes uh, proposed for any of the uh, setbacks. So to analyze the proposal a little bit, um, so staff feels findings can be made to support the variance for front yard setback. There's no reduction to the yard depth. Um, this um, project uh, honors the built conditions at the site and would uh, result in a project that's similar to the um, development at surrounding properties and does not um, build uh, anywhere close to the um, the creek, which is uh, channelized uh, by the county for flood control, consistent with residential design guidelines, and, and, and again, actually uh, recesses the, um, the garage, which is desirable. And so moving on, staff recommends that the West County Board of Zoning Adjustments approve a variance to enlarge a non-conforming front porch at a home renovation in addition. Uh, no correspondence has been received. Staff's available to answer any questions you may have. And again, I believe the uh, the applicant, Eric, and the uh, owner, Ryan, um, or one or the other are, are here to answer questions as well. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Stop, uh, stop. Uh, my pleasure. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen now. Okay, are there questions from staff for uh, Aubrey Rose? Uh, I think I, I just have one. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Aubrey, uh, can you confirm that um, there's no uh, parking along that part of the uh, the street, right, where, where the, where the uh, property is? Um, Such a narrow little street. I, I, <laughs> I believe there know. is some, uh, some parking in, in front of the, the property. Oh, there's, there is. Okay. Yeah. I know there's, there's street parking. Have it. Street, so, street parking, yes. There, there's aren't there indents? That's where there are. There are recently yeah. did the road reconstruction. Yeah. Correct. Aubrey, how close uh, will the new structure be to the channelized creek in the back? Uh, let me take. I think you had that on one of its screens, and I may have missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking my plans, that might be quicker. One moment, please. There's already an accessory dwelling unit back there. That's correct. And let me see. Is that pretty? Is that accessory dwelling pretty close to the Channel Ice Creek? Yeah, it's a lot closer than the house is. <laughs> that's what it looked like. It, it is, it is. And, that's, and, it's, and it would not be modified as part of the, the proposal. Um, the... Was that one done with permit? Uh, I believe so. And I'm looking for, I'm not readily mm -hmm. finding the, uh, the reduced depth from the proposed home to the, to the rear lot line and the, and the channel, but I'm still looking for that. And it's the, a, uh, I mean, it's a large rear yard setback from the primary dwelling. I mean, 60 foot. I mean, 20, 40, 60. I mean, they meet the required rear yard setback for the primary dwelling. 
I don't see it called out. We don't have a scale. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Christine, and is there a like, coverage max on this on on how much can be covered of the space? Is does that apply in in, in this area? The RS district does not um, have lot coverage. The the lot is being used as single family, so normally uh, the residential design guidelines kick in. Um, which restricts it to 40% and 45%, depending on single story or second story. But uh, this, the current zoning is RS, and there's no lot coverage under the residential design guidelines and standards for that zoning district. I know they had to do a flood, re flood report. Is this subject to flooding? And said it's in a flood zone well all of that area i think is flood. Zone. yeah yeah when they built five canyons yeah thank that, you that's how it got in the flood zone that's the consequence yeah yeah so the uh, uh sorry for the delay the the existing uh rear yard from the home is approximately 80 feet and it'd be reduced by approximately 25 feet so it's well within uh, any restricted on the back from the channelized creek, yeah. And it looks like through the building department, through their permit process, the uh, project will have to submit flood elevation certification oh. on their plans. So the ADU in the back, it is looks like it's almost on channelized creek. That's a different issue there. Yeah. Because if it was uh, if it was um, permitted by by conversion, it might have been of an existing accessory structure that was had already been there. Okay, got it. Any other questions, um, uh, staff? No. Okay. If not, I'll uh, open a public hearing on this item. If anybody's here to speak for the item number two on the regular calendar, PLN 2022-199, a variance on Hampton Road, please raise your hand. Okay, we have a hand up for Ryan. Ryan, I'm going to allow you to speak. Hi, Ryan, can you unmute yourself? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Good afternoon, y'all. So I am the property owner. I don't really have anything to say unless you have questions for me. I just want to make sure I, I was available for that. Good idea. <laughs> I, had, I had a feeling and heard some of the questions there. Yes, ma'am. Member Spalding, do you have a question for Ryan? Um, no, I think it looks like it's a pretty nice addition in the yeah. plan that you're planning. Um, Thank you. And the architect, I mean, the design looks really nice. So, no complaints there. Any other questions uh, for Ryan? Makes it easier for me. Okay, I'll just yeah, sit, so far. sit back in anxiety. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Reduce your answer. Right. Yeah. Are there any other uh, folks wanting to uh, weigh in on this project? Anybody would like to speak on this matter, please raise your hand by hitting star nine. 
or your little electronics hand. Uh, I have an Eric with the hand up. I will allow you to speak. Hi, Eric, if you can unmute yourself. Thank you, Eric. You can speak. Hi, Eric, if we would like to hear from you. Maybe not. Is his hand up? Yes. Oh. <clears throat> and he's unmuted. Hi, Eric, do you wish to not speak or would you like to speak on the variants? If I could chime in, Eric's the um, applicant. He's the engineer that drew the plans for the project. Uh, maybe he's having technical difficulties. Could be. No, I'm not saying that. Uh... I I just have one question, and, and I think staff answered that, but I'm just not quite sure. That accessory develop accessory ADU is a legally built unit, right? Oh shit. I believe that to be the case. I'm checking the uh, the permit status right now. Sorry, I didn't have that available already. One moment. Oh, it looks like Ryan's raising his hand. Maybe he's got an answer. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, yes, there was a permit issued in March of 2021. Oh, recently. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let, um, oops, Ryan put his hand down. I was gonna say, let's let Ryan speak again since we can't get Eric to uh, sort of come through. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say it was permitted. We did it uh, through planning and, and building, made sure it was fully permitted. So so it's a new ADU then? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, that answers that question. <laughs> I guess Eric's still not able to come on, but I don't know if we have questions for him any at this point. Uh, any other questions uh, that the board may have? No. Okay. Uh, so any discussion amongst us? What? And uh, if we don't have any more discussion, I will entertain a motion. You want to close the public? Hearing? Oh, yes. Th thank you, Nancy. Yes. I've closed the public hearing on this uh, variance. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have any issues uh, with this. That, that street certainly is inherent of um, projects like this, and this could be a nice addition to the street. So yeah. uh, I'm willing to uh, um, make a motion to um, uh, follow staff recommendation and approve variance for PLN 2022-00199. All second. Oh, 
But I have a motion from Member Bovis, and I have a second from Member Spalding. So can we take the vote? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spalding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark excused. Motion passes. Four in favor. None opposed. One excused. Okay, I think that concludes our regular calendar. Uh, next is approval of the minutes from the January 25th meeting. Do we have any additions or corrections? I have one for um, the bottom of page two. And I can't remember whose name should be in that, but it says uh, member blank moved to approve PLN 2022-0001980 per staff's recommendation. But I don't know who that was. <laughs> I think that was me. Was that you? Okay. Because so. this is one of those, um, the AT&T towers. Oh, oh, oh right. 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 If you see it, yeah. it's right at the bottom of page two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that should say member Spalding. Right. Okay. okay. I, I, I couldn't remember who that was. <laughs> all right. That's all I have for no Okay. Anyone else? I have a correction under after the public comment was closed, also on page two. Uh-huh. And um, the first line discussion ensued on the current equipment fencing, how it should match the church building and be consistent with the color and material. I think the correct, we, it was more than just the building. We were also talking about the um, wall. There was a wall and other color schemes because part of the building's white. And so, and then there's this muted, like to other kind of tone. <laughs> right, it was, it was sort of two-tone, yeah. Yeah, right. And so, so rather than building, I think, uh, facilities because okay. there was more than just the building which was part yeah. of the church um ground so we'll take out building and put in facilities yes i think that would be more accurate okay anything else i think the this the i guess the sentence after that is uh member secret asked if the public was noticed it should maybe say notified right and I think that was, that's all I see. Okay. Have we caught all the uh, errors? Looks like we have, okay. I think so. Uh, I asked uh, a motion on the approval of the minutes. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll make a motion to, um, uh, to adopt the draft minutes of January 25th, 2023, with the following changes to page two. Uh, five, fifth paragraph, discussion ensued yeah. on the current equipment fencing, how it should match the church facilities uh, and be consistent with color material. Member Siebert asked if the public was notified. And then the last uh, paragraph should say, Member Spalding moved to approve PLN 2022-198.
Yeah, I think we caught those. All right. Is there a second? I'll second. I have a motion by Member Bovis and a second by Member Siebert to approve the minutes of the January 25th meeting. Can I have the vote? Vice Chair Lewis? Aye. Member Spaulding? Aye. Member Siebert? Aye. Member Vovis? Aye. Chair Clark, excuse. Motion passes. Four in favor, none opposed, one excused. All right. Do we have any staff comments at this time? Mark your calendars. We're headed back in person on oh. March 8th. Oh, March 8th. Uh, okay. That was going to be my question. <laughs> and and the parking passes have been placed in the physical mail today. Oh, good. Okay. And so we'll be back to 1.30 and 6.30? 1.30 and 6 p.m. Or 6, 1, 30, and 6 p.m. Okay, well, that'll be a change. So the 8th will be 1, 30? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Is that our next meeting? Um, I believe no. the 8th is at oh. 6 p.m. Oh, 6 p.m. Oh, it's switched. Oh. It goes 6 p.m. and then 1, 30. Okay, but the next meeting's right now, February 22. Correct. And, and that's, that's still Zoom. Yes. The health order does not expire till February 28th. Okay. Right. Okay, yeah. so, so then... That's after that meeting, our next meeting will be March 8th at 6 p.m. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So we've got just one more to do from home. From the leisure. Right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> after that, no slippers. Yeah, that's exactly. Why, yeah. That's, that's one reason why I was suggesting that maybe if we can do the 130 meetings at least via Zoom and then the 6 p.m. meetings in person. Because the 6 p.m. allows for more people to attend yeah. if they want. And the 1.30 makes it easier if you're working yeah. to do it remotely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can maybe work that out later, see what the county thinks. Well, that would be, that's part of, uh, are we under board announcement comments and report? Sure, yeah. that's where we are. Yeah, that's what you just did. And that, yeah, <laughs> and that would be the suggestion. Also, I want to say, I... Um, saw that Ron, I saw Ron Palmieri's uh, obituary. Oh. And if we could send our condolences to Maria. Maria, right, oh wow. And I don't know if staff has already done anything or not with that respect. I know he passed away fairly recently, just January 31. Oh, wow. I'm not aware that staff has uh, sent anything from the board members. Well, I understand you might not from the board members, but has staff, I mean, if- Yes, staff has. Okay, so staff's already, I was gonna say, can the board members hop on? <laughs> yeah, no, or if individually, if we wanted to send an email, right. we could surely do that, yeah. Right, so anyway, um, wow. but unfortunately, yeah, but I would like to certainly give my condolences um, to Maria. Thank you. Who's been an important staff member for the planning department oh. for many, many decades. Yes. Yeah, stepping in and, and taking over when needed. That's been great. Yeah. Right. And um, so I'm sorry to hear that Juan has passed away. Okay. Uh, any other board announcements, comments, or reports? Hearing none, I will adjourn the meeting.
Oh, good job, you. Roxanne. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Only a few good faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it, but you did a good job. We'll yeah. let you do it next time, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for a while we had the rule going. This is when it first started was everybody took a turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could go back to that, although I think John's doing an excellent job. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. It depends on if the rest of you, I think if anyone wants to be chair, they need to speak up. <laughs> right. But sometimes, but many people will just, you know, oh, just let somebody else take. I know. It's, it could be a good exercise for everybody to, you know, go through. Well, that's, that's true. Absolutely. Well, we can walk that over. Okay. All right. Let's, we'll, we'll adjourn and we'll see you on this 22nd. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.